The Roots to the Runway series from the Royal Flying Doctor Service Queensland section podcast is giving you access to some of the most highly skilled and experienced pilots in the world. We're sitting down with some of the 70 pilots in the organisation who keep our 20 aircraft flying to hear how they started their careers in aviation and came to work for the Flying Doctor and what it's like to work for the Australian Icon. I'm Edwina Stott, and this is the RFDS Queensland Section podcast. Today, you're going to hear Victoria Harrison's phenomenal story. I'm Captain Victoria Harrison. So I started flying in 1990, which I don't like telling people, it usually gives away my age. (laughs) Victoria went on to become the 10th female pilot to graduate into the Royal Australian Air Force. She spent 18 years flying VIPs out of Canberra and then going on to fly caribou aircraft in Timor and Papua New Guinea before becoming a flying instructor. She's now a pilot for the RFDS Queensland section in Townsville and this year marks her 10th with the organisation. I sat down with Victoria and began by asking her whether she'd always dreamt of becoming a pilot. It was a bit of a progression. My mother was a nurse, so I was going to be a nurse. But uh, then she talked about, well, she started flying later in life and how she wanted to join the Air Force but wasn't able to when she was the right age. And so she suggested I could join the Air Force as a pilot and I did a bit of flying with her and, yeah, it was fun. So why not? (laughs) So that's what I did. What did you do then? How did you go about making that dream a reality? Well, I was in the Air Training Corps, so I had a bit of a link to the Air Force there. I applied for a scholarship, which I did get in 1991. So basically they give you a little bit of money and encourages you to sort of keep working towards joining the Defence Force. And then applied for it and went through all the tests later in that year and joined the Air Force in 1992. Wow. What was it like flying for the Air Force? pretty awesome yeah it's about the best flying you could ever do so I mean a lot of hard work the pilot's course is very challenging but once you graduate and go on to your squadrons it's um yeah a lot of fun very interesting I started out flying VIPs out of Canberra so I was in the Falcon 900 jet and did that for two years and then went on to fly the Caribou aircraft which is uh, one they fly around in New Guinea a lot we did rotations to East Timor and did uh, learn how to be a flying instructor and then went on back to the caribou as an instructor and taught other people how to do the job and a lot of work up in New, in New Guinea and doing civil aid work up there as well. Wow and what was it like training within the Air Force? I mean it's you know a no-brainer that standards must have been incredibly high. Definitely so as an instructor there was a set standard that you expected of your students so you work them pretty hard to get towards that standard and they usually have two chances if they didn't pass their tests then that was it they were out so it was it was pretty uh pretty grueling testing and yeah hard work for everybody wow incredible amount of pressure because i have heard here at the rfds you know there's like three groups of pilots there's the bush pilots there's the commercial pilots and then there's the raffies and the raffies are a completely different breed to anyone else is that true (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we have slightly different attitude to life but that's just military as well it's definitely definitely different but i think it's really good they teach you a lot of uh, discipline and things that you really do need um, gives you a different attitude towards flying and working in the in the aviation field definitely 
Do you think you have to be a perfectionist to be attracted to that? Probably does help, but I've met some Air Force pilots who aren't. <laughs> Is it um, fair to so, say that it was some of the most fly- challenging flying in the world? Well, I can only say from my own experience, but yeah, definitely flying around in the caribous, there was nothing like that. They were very hands-on. You, there's no autopilot, there's no weather radar. And the stuff that we did up in New Guinea was just incredible. The short field landings, mountainous terrain, lots of weather around. You didn't have pressurisation, so you couldn't go up above the weather. You had to try to find ways around it. And it ended up being quite exhilarating, I guess, is a good way to to describe it. The more you learn to fly, the, the less you have to do, it seems to be, in the aviation world. So, you know, big contrast from the Caribous now to the King Air that I'm flying that has autopilot, has weather radar, has pressurisation, has a, even has an electronic checklist, you know, that talks to you. And it's not easy, but it, it's, it's almost easier in a way, so. Mm, wow. And so how long did you spend with the Air Force? 18 years full-time service. And then when I joined the RFDS, I was able to still do some reserve work. So up until last year, I was doing reserve work. So I did another seven or eight years in the Air Force Reserve just helping out with technical publications and and things like that. Phenomenal career with the Air Force that's a really long time isn't it did you notice a lot of changes throughout the time you were working for the Air Force or? Yeah everything changes you've got to got to keep moving with the times and I mean even in the 10 years I've been with the Flying Doctors things have changed so you know especially with the advent of all this electronics so you've got iPads and things like that that you take flying with you now and you can do your flight planning out in the middle of nowhere whereas it used to all have to be done over the phone or via fax machines so none of that anymore. And so when you were working in the Air Force what was a typical day like for you or was there not one? Yeah no typical wasn't something you could describe for your Air Force days. Yeah you'd come in have a morning brief so that usually started around 7.30 and someone, people would come in and brief you on the weather and then the seniors would get up and just pass on any information that they needed to, to let you know about and then off you'd go. As an instructor I'd usually have a, a schedule of flights that I had to do during the day, take people out and teach them various things and if I wasn't uh, in Townsville doing the training we'd be up in Papua New Guinea training up there so you'd go up there for two weeks and do a, a full uh, flight around the countryside teaching them all about the challenges of the of the New Guinea countryside. Wow what was it like flying in Papua New Guinea? Yeah like I said pretty amazing you had apart from just the flying itself but there were all the cultural things that you had to deal with being able to organize fuel talk to people on the radios you know everyone's got different accents don't don't necessarily understand each other and and then there's the weather considerations as always big storms come in there in the afternoons so yeah it was uh, certainly very challenging and very enjoyable at the same time. Mm. And what was the most challenging part of being in the Air Force? What would you say was the hardest part of your job? Well if we don't sort of talk so much on the flying side of it I guess just for most people it's usually just the discipline you know having to wear the uniform and Um, follow orders which you still have to do you know it doesn't people outside of the military don't understand it but it's something that you had to do in the in the defense force it's just a part of life you have to do what you're told and say yes yes sir how many how many bags would you like (laughs) 
And when you eventually um, transitioned out of the Air Force, was that a big adjustment that you didn't, that you didn't actually, you know, other jobs don't work like that? I'd say that I'm still, I still have adjustment things that I have to think, no, this isn't, this isn't the military, you know, it's, I've still had more time in the military than out of the military, so yeah, definitely notice the difference with what you have to do in your day to day and just get told, you know, go and do your job and off you go, nobody's there sort of following you every step of the way. And does it even change the way you think, you know, even basic things that you do just at home, the training from the military, do they change those basic ways you approach tasks or what you do? Yeah, probably if I asked my mother at the time, she would agree when, when I left home, I think I was a bit of a mess. But um, yes, military training taught me how to keep my house neat and tidy. And yes, I'd say so. And my husband and I are both ex-military, so we're very punctual people <laughs> we're always always on time and yes we keep things pretty neat we're very organized we always write lists of what we need to do so I know I have a little bit of OCD definitely <laughs> oh how interesting so then when did you decide that you wanted to leave the military or you wanted to look at another career um, it was pretty much when they got rid of the caribou aircraft and we'd just settled in Townsville and we had plans to stay here for a few years and they said, oh, we're getting rid of the aircraft and you guys are going to have to move down to Richmond near Sydney. And we just didn't want to do that. We weren't ready to move. We were ready to settle up here. We hadn't lived anywhere for longer than two years at a time for most of our lives. So we said, oh, well, that's time then. Let's, let's get out. And both lucky enough to find jobs outside of the Air Force pretty much straight away. So that made it an easy adjustment in that regard. Yeah, otherwise a little bit challenging after that, you know, you've done your whole life in the military to then step across to something else is a little bit scary. It's not like a normal job, is it? You live it and you breathe it. Yeah, well, that's right. You've got the support network, you've got um, medical and dental benefits are all there. And, you know, we didn't have Medicare cards. So it was, that was something, you know, things like that. And they do actually have what they call a transitions team that helps you with those adjustments. They help you make a resume because you don't need resumes when you're in the military. So they help you with all those little things that people outside of the military take for granted. But for us, it's like, oh, I've never had to do that before. How do you do it? So that, that's good. So when you were looking around for new careers in aviation, what drew you to the Flying Doctor? Well, as you mentioned before, there were already a couple of raffies here in Townsville that I had worked with and I'd been talking to and they told me what an amazing job it was. And also I had in the back of my mind that my mother being a nurse, by this point she'd passed away, but I thought I can just think how proud she would be and how amazing she would have thought it would be to be able to combine flying and medical at the same time. So I always, I mean, I know she was, she's looking down on me, but I always wish that she was around so that, you know, we could talk about what it was like working for the Flying Doctors, because I think she would have thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, how lovely. And so when you first decided to go for a career with the Flying Doctor and you saw that there were jobs around or whatever, how did you first start out in the organisation? Basically through word of mouth, as I said, talking to the guys that were already here, they told me how to go about putting in an application. So I put that in and I can't remember, I think it was a deputy head of flying at the time, uh, actually was in Townsville and he came and had a chat with me and then I flew down to Brisbane and had the went through the interview process. 
and then they took me on a flight so they basically went out for a, a fly around the Brisbane area just to see what your flying skills are like even though you don't know how to fly the actual aeroplane and go from there and then you just wait for the for someone to come back and tell you whether you got the job or not and I was lucky enough that I had <laughs> So it would, must have been a complete readjustment into normal civilian life then. Oh, definitely. I mean, having to go through an interview process and all those things again, yeah. As I said, in the Air Force, you didn't have to do any of that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a scary step. But I was confident. I thought, well, I'm here and I've got the qualifications and I know that um, the military experience does help you a lot in the aviation world, so... I was hoping for the best and it came through. The good thing with the flying doctors is in terms of aviation professions, I think that it's about as close as you could ever get to the military. Um, yeah, and not, not even, not so much the discipline side of things, but the aviation side of things, they treat things very seriously. We do regular checking and training. You know, it's, and I don't want to disparage any other operations out there, but I know that there are places where they, just, they don't look after their aeroplanes, they don't look after their staff, but the Flying Doctors is just amazing in that regard. You know, you, you get looked after. Um, if you get sick, nobody questions it. You know, they just, you know, you, you take what time you need to get better and then your job's still there at the end of it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 got its own little support network on a much smaller scale to what it had in the military, but I just found that it was very supportive and very structured. So we've got all the the training manuals there, all the SOPs are in place. You know, it's not just make it up as you go along on a day by day basis. So it's really good in that regard. Plus, of course, all the operation staff and the administrative staff, and then there's all the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes, like you and marketing and working out all that stuff so that we can still get money to keep the operation going. And in terms of the actual flying, I know you touched on it before, how different is the flying that you do now compared to the flying that you did for 18 years with the RAF? Yeah, quite different. I mean, guess firstly, we don't really know where we're going on a day-to-day basis. So average day here, come to work and wait for the call. And when you get the phone call, it's, that's when you get to find out where you're going. We've got out of towns where we have pretty set routine as the common places that we always go. So for instance, today I've been to Mount Isa and to Cairns. Um, Mackay is the other one that we go to all the time. Otherwise we come down to Brisbane and then it's pretty much everywhere in between. But everywhere is pretty established for towns where we don't do many of what they call the primaries into the smaller strips that are made out of dirt or someone's station property. And that's probably more of what I would have been doing in the Air Force. We used to operate into a lot smaller strips, much more challenging in that regard. And in terms of your approach to flying now, is what you learned in the military still incredibly ingrained in you when you get behind? Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, you've got your process that you go through before the flight. A lot of preparation really happens on the ground before you even get airborne and that's when you've got the most time to think and be organized and then outside of that once you get into the airplane it's you know how you deal with unusual situations and your military training really helps with that plus the training that we get here in the flying doctors which is really really good especially now we've got the simulator we can do so much more with emergencies Um, just how you run through the processes you know there's a lot of 
different techniques and the military really sets you up nicely for all that and I guess a big thing stepping from the military to this job that is more challenging in the flying doctor side is that it's all single pilot now so in the military I always flew with someone else there was always in the caribou there was always another pilot whereas now it's all single pilot so you have to be able to deal with most situations on your own without anybody sitting next to you to help you out yeah which must be quite daunting really yeah and that was definitely a big step going from what I had been doing for so long to to this job so that that was the probably one of the biggest challenges is flying around at night you're on your own you've got bad weather you've got a sick patient down the back and you have to work out what to do and you it's not like you can just pull over on the side of the road and pull out the map and have a think about where you'd like to go you've got to do it literally on the fly Mm, yeah and I know you said you don't do many of those primary retrievals but when you do and when you're working so closely with one other person be it a flight nurse or a doctor what's that like working in such a close-knit team of two um yeah it's really good we especially in Townsville we've got a really good team you get to know people pretty well I've made some really strong friendships while I've been here people that I see outside of work and more so with the nurses than with the pilots because you spend more time with the nurses Um, as you said if spending hours like today I spent I flew for nearly six hours that I've spent with my nurse and you know sometimes you spend a lot of that time just chatting especially if it's two o'clock in the morning they like to keep us awake so they like to help keep us um, interested by talking to us so it's in everybody's best interest so yeah you certainly get to know a lot about the other person and yeah we've got a really good team here so and do you like working for an organization that I suppose is kind of an integration of aviation and healthcare I know you mentioned before that your mum's a nurse and she'd be incredibly Mm. proud but is it quite satisfying to work for an organization that aren't purely aviation you know we do so much more than that Oh, definitely. I mean, I always actually say to people, because they're usually pretty amazed, oh, you're the pilot, that's pretty awesome. And I say, oh, look, really, I just drive the bus. It's the guys down the back that are doing all the hard work. <laughs> they're, they're the ones that are, you know, saving lives in some cases or, you know, just, just transporting people where they need to be. And it's, it's amazing, especially the flying doctors, because it is such, in my opinion, it's an Australian icon. You know, it's been around for so long and everybody you talk to if you say you're with the flying doctors they know exactly who we are and what we do or more often than not they know someone who's been transported by the flying doctors or they themselves have flown with us so you know it's just such a massive part of Australia's culture almost and it's awesome to be part of that. Is there a particular day for you that stands out during the, your 10 years with the flying doctor as a particularly monumental or memorable one um unfortunately i always only seem to remember the sad things so it's to me it's just just every day i mean it's there's always something that that's great about it people just they need to be where they need to be and the biggest thing that amazes me is that these people are always so sick or so scared or away from their families and friends but they're always more than appreciative of what we're doing for them you know I can hardly think of any times when I've ever had a patient that's been cranky or annoyed at me or anything like that. They're always the complete opposite. In fact, they don't want to be any trouble. You know, it's like, well, we're here for you, but 
but they always want to say oh no I'm sorry I don't, I'm sorry to be such a hassle <laughs> it's like stop it that's what we're here for we're here to help you that that always amazes me I think it must be so daunting for them some of them have never flown before and you're putting them inside this little tiny airplane sometimes it's in the middle of the night and they can see that there's bad weather around and and that they're always smiling and saying thank you and yeah that that always gets me it's just the Australian spirit I think mm. and you know like looking back now when you first started on your career in aviation and becoming a pilot do you think you would believe it if you told your 17 year old self that you'd spend 18 years with the military and then 10 years with the RFDS no, certainly I've never been one to plan that far ahead, so I certainly wouldn't have foreseen that in my future. No, I, I, one step at a time for me, so join the Air Force and see what happens next. And Yeah, but now I'm more than happy to stay with the Flying Doctors as long as they'll have me. I'm gonna, <laughs> um, they're stuck with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we're very grateful. It's a phenomenal career. And when you first started flying, were there many other female pilots in your cohort? Actually, on my pilot's course in the Air Force, there were four of us, but only two of us actually passed the course. And when I got through my pilot's course, I was the 10th female pilot in the Australian Air Force to graduate. So it was all still pretty new. Like it wasn't until the late 80s that they actually started getting um, female pilots into the Air Force. So, What's your favourite thing about working for the Flying Doctor? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> The aeroplanes, I think. I mean, just flying these aeroplanes around and the, the aircraft that we've got are amazing. And they, like I said, the engineers, they, they look after them. And we just, the aeroplanes themselves are beautiful. Flying a King Air around is, is amazing. And we've got the absolute latest cockpits with the touch screens and, like I said, autopilots and great weather radars. So they're a lot of fun and make life a lot easier and a lot safer. It sounds amazing. You've obviously had an absolute phenomenal career. It's quite remarkable. You must be you must sit back and be pretty satisfied. Um, yeah, I don't I don't look at it that way for myself. I guess I'm probably quite humble, but yes, when when people sort of say it back to me, I think, Oh, I suppose that is pretty cool. <laughs> That's RFDS Queensland section pilot Victoria Harrison sharing her story for the Roots to the Runway series. What an incredible career. If you enjoyed Victoria's story, make sure you listen back to episode one, which features Nick Tully's story. He grew up on a station in Western Queensland as one of ten kids. His mother and father both flew, his mother out of necessity, but his father had a pure love of aviation. Luckily for us, Nick inherited that passion and now flies people he's known his entire life as part of his job as senior base pilot in Charleville for the RFDS Queensland section. Make sure you take a listen. I'm Edwina Stott and this was the RFDS Queensland section podcast. Thanks for listening.